0: Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit OutreachChurch.net for downloads and service information. Hey, man. Um, I have something really quickly I want to do before we get into what God's put in my heart. Um, how many of you guys here know who Tom Snyder is? Yeah? Stand up real quick, Tom. There he is. He's in the back back there. Go ahead, turn around and look towards the back real quick. Yeah, it's, t- come on. That's Tom Snyder. He's one of our elders here. He does a lot of um, teaching, and, and he's really been a huge, uh, just a, a, an amazing part of this church's history and, and who we are as a church and, and who we're going to be. Um, he wrote a book. How many of you guys have read his first book? Okay, how many of you guys would like to read his first book? How many of you want his first book? Put Yeah, all right. I'm just giving them to the hands that I saw up. Hold on. Keep your hands up if you want his first book. Too late. You were here first service. You already knew. You're welcome. Wait, hold on. I have more. So who else, who else wants his first book? Get your hands up real quick. Okay, no, listen. Everyone your hand up. He has them in the back. You can buy them right after, first, right after the service is over. Seriously. Okay, now, wait. Who has read his first book? And who would like a copy of the second? Because I have them right here. Thank you. I, did you have your hand up? Did you put it up right away? Someone over here put it up right away. Who was it? Was it you? Guys, you got you to be honest Christians. It's it really, listen, it's, it's a fictional story, um, and, and it, but it tells amazing truth. Um, about the kingdom of God and about what we see and what we don't see, and it's—it's um, it's really you have to read it. Um, Tom's in the back. If you want him to sign, if you got a copy and you want him to sign it, bring it back there. He'll be happy to sign it. He also has more books. So if you didn't get one given to you, you can buy them. They're fairly inexpensive and uh, worth every penny. I—I um, uh, I had a word ready and and. And then first service, God kind of shifted me. And and then during worship, this service, I really felt him shifting my heart towards this thing. So uh, how many of you guys are just excited right now about it being a new year and just like a new season? And here's the thing. If you're not excited, get excited because here's the truth. Now, listen, you're living in a mercy today that you've never lived in before. His mercy is new every day. That means today you're living in a mercy you've never lived in before. You're living in a grace that you've never lived in before. You're experiencing a part of the Father's heart towards you you've never experienced before because it's new today. It's it's not like yesterday you messed up, so today's mercy is half mercy, and he's waiting to see how you're going to respond before he pours out new mercy on you. He's love, and love doesn't consider its own. It doesn't seek after its own. It doesn't keep record of wrong suffered. So his mercy today is not tainted by your mistakes of yesterday. It's new. It's brand new. It's a mercy that's that you've never felt before because today's a day you've never lived before. And 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 honestly like you can't live in the condemnation of yesterday but you also can't coast in the victory of yesterday. Like today is a day you have to pursue him. Like, don't live in the mistakes that you made yesterday, but don't try to coast on the victory of yesterday. Yesterday's saying yes to Jesus just set you up for today's saying yes to Jesus. And today's yes to Jesus sets you up for tomorrow's yes to Jesus. But tomorrow will be its own new day with its own new mercy and its own new challenges, its own new opportunities. And every single day, you get to wake up and look into the face of Jesus and say yes and live in that grace and live in that mercy. And then go live out that yes in the course of your day. and Every single day. Why? Because he's love. He hopes all things and believes all things. He actually believes you when you tell him something in the morning. Even when your own heart sometimes doesn't believe it. Because it says that even when we're faithless, he's faithful. He's full of faith. Even when you say it and in the back of your mind you're thinking, I've said this before. He looks at you and he's like, I believe you. Why? Because love hopes all things and believes all things. And he knows that one day there's a last day for any of those things that you've tried to step away from. There's a last time for every time that you said you weren't going to. One of those times will be the last time. And every time it's new mercy. It's not, well, I've heard this before. We'll see how this goes. You said this yesterday. He's not thinking about yesterday because today's mercy is new for today. And I'm telling you, listen, you have to believe that because if you don't believe that, then you'll let the lie of yesterday become the truth of today. And you'll live underneath a lie, and then it will become your truth, and then it will be something that speaks tomorrow. You have to believe it today. You have to forget what lies behind. Press forward towards the mark of the high calling. Listen, this is what Paul said. This one thing I do. So is that all Paul did was he just sat around forgetting yesterday? No, he's saying, if nothing else, this is the thing that makes me able to be the way that I am forgetting what lies behind, I press forward towards the high mark of the calling, that I may apprehend that which is that, that I may get a hold of that thing that's got a hold of me. That's what Paul was saying, like, let this thing grip you and to the point where you want to grip it. And, and, and so um, I, I just was, was thinking about how many people honestly feel like They've done too many things wrong. They've wasted too much time. They've been places they were never supposed to be, doing things they were never supposed to do. And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll start to believe this lie that there's something we have to do to work our way or to earn our way or it can't be just that easy. We can't just say we're going to follow Jesus and then yesterday disappears or, or all the stains of yesterday or you've know, you got to work through things or you've got to go through this or there's prof- and all this stuff that we say that Jesus never said. And I'm telling you, there's people who honestly have bought into the lie that they've gone too far, they've wasted too much. You think about that. If you think that way ever towards the father, you open your Bible up to the the gospel of Luke and you read what Jesus said about the love of a father towards a son that went wayward. And you put yourself in that shoes. Here's what the son did. The son comes to the father and he says to him, I wish that you were dead. he says, I want my inheritance. What is the inheritance? The inheritance is something that the father would pass on to the son when he died. He's saying to the father, I have no use for you except what you can do for me or give me. And I want it. I don't want you. I just want what you can give me. Like you just think about that. He literally tells the father, I don't care about you. I don't care about relationship with you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to be near you. I actually wish that you were dead because then I could get what I want from you. So why don't we just pretend you died and you give me what it is that you can give me and then I'm going to go live my life. See you later. And the father says, I would imagine with tears, I'll give you what you're asking for. And the son snatches that and runs off, leaves the father's house, leaves the kingdom, leaves the place of provision, leaves the place of relationship with the father and goes and takes what he was given and spends it along with, you think about that, You've, we, we've done that. The most precious thing the Father has ever given us is life, and we've taken that life, and we've spent it places we were never supposed to go, doing things we were never supposed to do. We've done it, but there's this lie out there, and it's the same lie that the prodigal son bought into, and so many people have bought into it. And what happens is, is he gets to the end of himself, and it says the first thing that he does when he comes to the end of the Father's blessing, when, when he realizes that what he received from the Father. See, what you receive from God is not going to last if you don't stay in the place that you received it. If you, you, what he gives you is, 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 is secondary to his presence and the relationship with him. And so when when we take something and we just want something from God and we ask God for something, listen, Jesus said, ask. There's nothing wrong with asking God for things. In fact, Jesus said you don't have because you don't ask. Ask and you'll receive. And, and, and so there's nothing wrong with asking. The problem is is that when our focus is on what we can get from him or what he can do for us, and the second that we get what it is that we're asking for, and we decide that that was what we came for, and we leave that place of relationship, we leave that place of security and blessing and provision, the kingdom of God, and we go off and we spend what we received from him someplace we were never supposed to be, doing things we were never called to do. When we come to the end of what we receive, because it will run out, It will run out. That peace, apart from him, it doesn't last. That grace, apart from him, you're not living under it. You're not experiencing the blessing of it. The the joy that you feel, when we're in worship just now, that joy that you feel, it's not because you're singing. You're singing because of the joy that you feel because of his presence and because of his truth. It doesn't last apart from him. And so when it runs out, look what the son does, the first thing he does. He goes and he tries to earn from the world what he freely received from the father. It says, he went and hired himself out to a man in that country and the man in that country looked at him and all that man in the country could see was his only value was to go and feed his pigs. Like, The world doesn't see your value. All they see is what you can do for them, and they'll use you. And they actually value you lower than their possessions and their things and their stuff. You're a means to an end. And, And... he goes and he tries to earn something because deep inside of every person who's tasted of his goodness, you now are ruined because you've acquired a taste and a desire for the goodness of God, for the presence of God. You're ruined. Like you might as well just yield to it, submit to it, and spend your life on it because nothing will satisfy now that you've tasted of him. Like you can find false in a moment, but it's only a moment and it's false and it's not lasting and you know it and it costs you your life rather than giving you your life. And so he, he goes and works for this man and he's feeding the man's pigs and wishing he could have the food that he gave to the pigs. You want to talk about a fall from grace. You go from being the son of a wealthy man living in his home to demanding that he give you what it wasn't your time to have yet, and then him being good enough to give it to you. And then you run and squander it. And then you're so empty that you try to earn from the world what you freely received from the Father. And that doesn't even satisfy. And you wish you could eat the food you're serving to the pigs. And he comes to the end of himself. And like everybody who's been in the Father's house and in the Father's presence, there's that longing in his heart for what he had. But the lie comes and says, you no longer deserve to be who you were born to be. You have to go and work and earn. He says, he thought to himself, don't even the servants in my father's house live better than this. And he says, I'm going to go to him. This is his line. He's rehearsing this. You've rehearsed this. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to you. You've rehearsed it. I'm going to go and work my way back into the grace that I once lived in because of who I was. Because I'm no longer worthy to believe that I deserve it because of who I am. So I'm going to go and try to work and earn it. That's what he said in his heart. That's what you've said in your heart. You've decided that it can't be just as easy as coming back into his house and being restored to who you always were. You have to work your way back because you don't deserve it because you went too far. You spent too long. You went places you weren't supposed to be. You spent the very thing he gave you. Maybe that's talent. Maybe it's gifting so many people have believed the lie that they've spent the talent that God gave them in a place they never were supposed to do and things they were never supposed to do, so they'll never ever be, be able to be restored back to that place. So the best they can do is try to work their way back and be a servant who gets what he works for. And he's got this whole thing rehearsed in his head and he, he's saying it to himself. He's saying, I'm going to go to him I'm going to tell him, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. In other words, I don't even deserve to be able to be recognized or identified as your son, and I know you wouldn't want to treat me as one, so I'm begging you, would you just let me be someone who works to earn your favor? You have no idea the heart of the Father if you think that way. You have no idea how good he is and how much he loves you if you think that way. You've lost total sight of who he is And you think that who you are is based on what you do. And he says who you are is based on what I say. And so the son decides in his heart and takes a step towards the father to return to the father. And you notice, like, he doesn't have his theology all straight. Have you ever noticed that God's never let someone not having their theology perfect stop him from loving them? (laughs) Have you ever noticed that he didn't say, hey, guy, you got to clean up what you think before I put this robe on you? We think that if we're not careful. We think that if I don't have my theology perfect, certainly I can't receive what God wants to give me. And we make it all about what I believe to be true about him being the thing that keeps him from being who he is. And there, there is some truth to, like, you know, he says, by faith you receive. But there's also a truth that, like, even when we're faithless, he's faithful. And that even if you don't have everything worked out perfectly, when your heart is towards him, he can work with that. Right. And he doesn't let that stop him. And so the son, full of bad theology... He is. He's full of bad theology. He's like, I don't deserve. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to tell my father, hire me. And he thinks his dad's going to hire him, or he wouldn't even do this crazy scheme. He thinks his dad's going to say, okay, come on. I've got some work you can do. You can stay in the servant's house, and you can live out there, and you, 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 know, you, you, you hurt me pretty bad when you left, and it's going to take me a while to get over it. And I'll tell you right now, for a while, you're going to be on probation, buddy. And you screw up just once and you're back out. That's not the father. That's his idea of the father. And so he starts up the road, and it says this. It says, while he was a great way off, how did the father see him while he was a great way off? Because maybe the father's eyes never left him no matter how far away he went. And because the father believed there was enough truth inside of him that one day he would remember the truth about his father and he would want to come back and he would be waiting for him when he did. He let him go. You know, sometimes that's the hardest thing for us to do is let people go and come to the end of themselves because the father knows where he is and what he's doing and the father has the ability at any time with his influence and with his resources and with his finances to change the kid's circumstances. But if he does that before the heart changes, then the kid doesn't learn and his heart doesn't actually learn what it needs to learn. And he never brings himself to that place of wanting to be back with the father because what the father wants is relationship. What the kid wants is stuff. And so it says, while he was a great way off, while you were a great way off, long before you made it back and lived like a good Christian for a while, long before you went a week, two weeks, a month, two months, six months, a year without doing the thing that you said you weren't going to do. See, you're keeping track of how long it's been. He's keeping track of where you are. (laughs) He's not keeping track of the things you're keeping track of. His eyes are watching because he knows there's a day coming when you remember his goodness and his goodness and his kindness leads you to change the way that you think because it's the kindness of God it leads us to repentance. And the son turns, and he starts to walk towards the house, and the father, while he was a great distance off, because no matter where you went, no matter how long you were there, no matter what you did, he saw, and he didn't see with disgust in you. He saw in disgust of what you gave yourself to because he knew what he had for you was so much better. He didn't look at you with eyes of contempt. He looked at what you were doing and giving and spending your life with eyes of contempt. Why? Not because he hates you for what you're doing, but because he hates what you've given yourself to. Because he knows if you would just come to him, what he has is so much better. And he created you for more than that thing. So while he's a great distance off, the father sees him and comes running to him and listen to what the son says he starts with his rehearsed line just like you've rehearsed the line just like i've rehearsed the line i'm not worthy i'm not worthy to you know I'm not worthy to do this yet but but if you let me i can start here maybe i can work my way up he's getting ready to launch into this thing he says father i'm sinned, and i'm no longer worthy to be called your son and the father will hear nothing more Why? Because he hears what the son says and he realizes he has no idea how much I love him or what he means to me or who he is. So anything that comes from a place of not believing you're worthy to be my son is never going to produce truth. So I'm not even interested in hearing the lie because I've already heard the one that's stemming from. And that is you think that it's your actions that make you worthy for me to call you my son. He won't hear it. What does he do? He silences him by wrapping a robe around him. You're aware of the mud and the muck and the stuff, and you're kind of getting it off. And all of a sudden, you see the father running, and you're trying to hide it because you know where you've been. You know what you've done. You hate what it's done to you. You hate the stain, the smell, the stench, all the stuff that's associated with that life you were never meant for. And you think that's going to repulse him, and it attracts him, and he runs to it, and he throws a robe over you. And he says, you know what? I'm going to cover you with my love. Yeah because where you've been is not who you are. And I'm going to make sure that you understand that there's nothing you can do to earn this. So before you do the first thing to earn anything, I'm going to give you something that covers you. I want to break that mindset before you even start. I don't even want the words coming out of your mouth. Because this is what he said. He said, I'm going to go to him and I'm going to say, I've sinned, I'm no longer worthy, make me one of your, no longer worthy to be called a son, make me as one of your servants. That's what he's going to say. The father hears him say, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, and he realizes, oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't get it yet. He doesn't understand my heart towards him. He doesn't understand that he's my son, not because of what he's done, but because of what I've done. And so he puts a robe on him. Remember when you got born again and you got covered with that robe of righteousness? That new robe was white, spotless, and clean. And you notice it doesn't say he cleaned everything off of him because he was repulsed by it before he put the robe on him. What? Why? Because he knows if I cover you with my righteousness, it will take care of all that stuff. I don't want you to have to work your way back into thinking you're clean enough to put the robe on. I'll put the robe on you now the minute your heart is towards me and I'll restore you and I'll make sure that you know that I'm not ashamed of you and I'll cover you with my love. And then he puts a ring on his finger. And just think about this for a second. Back in those days, there's only one thing a ring would be made of, it's gold. What has the son just went and squandered? Gold, money, his inheritance. He's not even back in the house yet, and the Father gives him the opportunity, if he wants to, to go and squander the very thing that he took from him in the beginning, and he's giving him a ring and putting it on his finger because what is he saying to me? saying, listen, once your heart is towards me, I'll entrust you with those things. You don't have to work your way back into my good grace. And people would say, well, what are you doing? Don't give him that ring yet. He hasn't proven anything yet. Here's the truth. God loves you so much that he'll give you things with the risk that you may misuse them for the chance that you won't. He gives him the very thing he wasted. You think that you went somewhere and you wasted life and you wasted talent and you wasted this and you wasted... Maybe it was a gifting. And you went and took it and you used it in a different kingdom. You brought glory to your own name. You pursued your own selfish desires. And then you think, well, I took what he gave me and I wasted it and I squandered it and there's no way he could ever put me in a position to have me. And he's like, listen to me, you don't understand. I have so much more than you could ever spend. All I need is your heart. Once I have that, I can restore everything. Yeah. And then he says, he puts... Shoes on his feet, why? He doesn't even want the dust of the life that you came out of following you into the new life that he has for you. He doesn't want you bringing anything from that kingdom into this kingdom. He puts something on your feet so that everywhere you walk, you're reminded of his goodness. Every step you take, it's his goodness that's cushioning your step. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You haven't even got back into the house yet. You're still on the road. You're waiting to arrive before you think that God will come and do these things for you. God's saying, I did these things for you the minute that you turned your heart towards me. I'm just waiting for you to wake up to the truth that's always been. You quit trying to earn your way back into something that you can't earn and receive something that has freely been given. And then he says something. After he, after he puts the robe on him, after he puts the ring on his finger, you, you realize like God's not ashamed of you or embarrassed of you. You realize that the whole way back, As he's walking down that road, everybody sees that he's wearing that robe that came from his father's house. Everybody knows that the man who was just with the prostitutes, that the man who was just giving himself to everything he was never created for, everybody knows who that man is and God's walking next to him and saying, I'm not ashamed for everybody to know who you are. You're mine. Because he puts that robe, it's distinct back in those days. like Everybody would have recognized where the robe came from. And he puts it on him. Why? Because he's not ashamed of you. He's not embarrassed of you. He's not waiting for you to live your life clean for six months before he'll come and walk with you. He'll meet you where you are and walk with you so that you can actually live the way he's called you to live. You can't live the way he's called you to apart from him. Quit thinking you can earn your way into something by living the way he's called you to live apart from his presence. You can't do it. He's not withdrawing himself and holding back from you and watching and waiting to see if you're going to be better today than you were yesterday, because he's love, and love doesn't keep a record of wrong, and he's got new mercy every single day, new mercy every day, every day, and then he says something. He says, go get the best calf and kill it and tell everyone it's time to celebrate Because this son of mine, why does he say that? He wants the son to know, I call you my son. Right now, here today, still smelling like and still within eyesight of the life that you stepped out of, I call you my son. And I announce it loudly to everybody. Why? Because he heard the words that came out of his son's mouth that said, I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. And he realized he's basing his worth on what he's done. He needs to remember it comes from what I say. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to declare in the hearing of everybody, my son's come home. (laughs) So that he understands I've never changed my mind about him. No matter how far he went, how long he stayed, and what he did. And I woke up this morning with a total different message to preach. And and then this, this jumped on me in the first service, and it really came on strong in the second service. And I don't know who it is I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to you. And you need to know this, and you need to hear this, and you need to understand this. You cannot work your way back into the place that you left. But the minute your heart turns towards him, and the minute that you want to be back, he comes and overwhelms you. And he restores you for his namesake. For his namesake. Because of who he is. Because he never changes. And because he never changed his mind about you, no matter how much you changed your mind about him. So if, if that's you, and I, I, look, I don't even need to know what it is. It doesn't matter. I don't care how many times you said in your mind, Oh, I'm going to do better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work. I'm going to earn. And maybe those words don't come out of your mouth, but it's that mentality you have that says, I have to do better before I can be accepted and restored and be able to believe that I belong where it is that I left. I'm telling you, it's a lie. There's nothing you can do to earn your way back into it. All you can do is turn your heart towards him, take a step towards him, and then receive him as he comes and overwhelms you and covers you with his love. So if that's you, why not today? Like, why not today, like, actually believe that he wants you more than you want him? Why not believe that there's nothing you can do to earn what he wants to give you? Why not believe that it's not going to take two months for you to work your way back in before you believe that you are in the place that you left? Why not believe that today his mercy is new and that he's not thinking about yesterday and the only way yesterday is becoming the truth of today is if you let it because he's not thinking about it. He knows where you are today and he sees where you're gonna be tomorrow. And he believes in you because he's love and love hopes all things and believes all things. That means he's hopeful towards you and he believes you when you say in your heart, Father, I just wanna be back. I just want to be back. I just want to leave that behind. I just want to leave behind the life that I led myself into. I went way too far. I stayed way too long. I did way too much. But God, I just want to be back with you. And the second that's the position of your heart, He comes running and overwhelms and covers you with His love and restores you and covers your feet and then declares to everybody, This is my son. He doesn't wait put you on probation and in two months take up a opinion and say well yeah i guess he's a son before you did the first thing right before besides turn your heart towards him and take a step towards him he announces it to everybody my sons come home but we're not at the house yet doesn't matter home is where i am home is where i am you're with me you're home Someone said a while ago they felt like 2020 was going to be a year of prodigals, and I I believe that's true of prodigals returning, but I think it's more than just people who have walked away from God and said there is no God or done those kind of things. I think it's the year of people who have been trying to earn something actually believing that he's good enough, that he would freely give if they would simply turn their hearts towards him and want him. And it doesn't matter what it is. So if that's you, just stand up where you are. We're gonna pray with you. It's a basic of the faith, the laying on of hands. If you feel like if you've found yourself in that cycle of feeling, yeah, I, come on, I know there's more than just that person because, I, I like I, I just can feel it. I know, yeah, come on, like why would you let something hold you back? You're gonna earn it. Come to church for another four weeks, and then maybe you'll have the courage to stand up because then maybe you've done enough good that God will answer your prayer. I promise you, there's nothing that changes the way he feels about you. Even when you went all that way, even when you went as far as you went and did the things that you did, he never stopped watching. He never stopped waiting. He never stopped believing that this day was coming, that you would turn your heart towards him. And even if your theology isn't right, even if the way that you've thought about him is, is this earning mentality or, you, or, or slave mentality or you don't believe you're worthy to be called a son, like God didn't say, hey, son, I need to straighten out all of your theology and then I'll cover you with my love and then I'll restore you and then I'll give you the slippers on your feet and then I'll say to, he's like, listen, if you just let me love you, all that stuff will change. We can straighten out all that stuff. The important thing is, is that you walk with me and that you're back where you belong. I'll walk with you down that road and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of all that stuff. And you'll learn that some of those things that you thought were nothing like me, but all I care about is just you being with me. Is there anybody else before we pray with these people that are standing? Yeah. Come on, anyone else? Don't I'm, I'm not in like some emotional thing. This is like, hey, truth has come. Now it's time to respond to this thing. It's like the light arise and shine because the light has come. Like the lie has been exposed. Step into truth. Yeah, like, like, don't let anything stop it from happening because literally, like, you can, today can be the the, the first day of walking forever in the goodness of God that's been pursuing you and running after you. All right, church family, look around. Let's be the church. If you see somebody standing close to you, we're just going to pray over them. We don't even have to know what it is if they don't want to tell. If they want to talk about it, awesome. If they don't, that's okay. All that matters is that they have a desire in their heart to be with the Father, And we believe that anyone whose heart would turn towards him, with the heart we believe, with the mouth we confess, and this is all we're going to ask is just look to him and say, I want you and I want to be back home. That's it. That's all it takes. So, Father, I thank you for your grace right now. I thank you, Father, for grace landing on the faith that's being shown. God, I thank you that, that by, the, by faith of standing just to say, like, I believe this and I want this, the grace comes that makes it possible. And it lands on that faith and it begins to do what grace does and it transforms and it changes and it calls and it encourages. God, I thank you for the people right now that didn't stand, that wish they would have, God, that you see their heart and you run towards them and overwhelm them. And God, I thank you that there's nothing that we could believe wrong once we've committed our heart to you that would keep you from loving us and walking with us and identifying with us. And God, I thank you for your transformative, changing love right now, being shed abroad in the hearts of every person that's standing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. All the empty, dry places, would you come and fill them? So that when that lie tries to return, it finds that all the rooms are full. Because truth has come. Love has come. You have come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I encourage you guys, like, if you just got prayed for like find people and spend time with people and talk to people about what God's doing in your heart listen it's not good for man to be alone the enemy attacks when you're alone let this year be a year where you say like I'm never going to I'm never ever going to 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 be alone again because like some of you are like oh well God's called me to a wilderness season awesome we'll see you in 40 days (laughs) like not 40 weeks not 40 months not 40 years because it's not good for man to be alone and if you feel that draw and that pull to isolate yourself it's not the father unless it's just for a short season so that he can actually do something in you and then bring you back to that place you ought to you ought to come out of that place full of the spirit and power well huh? i'm telling you if you're in a wilderness season god's called you into we're excited to see you come out of it full of the spirit and power Because if not, it might be you trying to hide, and it's not good for man to be alone. You need relationships with people that believe in you, that see the best, and it will call you into who he says you are. And if you don't have them, find them, build them, invest in them, sow in them. I'm not talking about surface-y friendships. I'm talking about relationship with people that goes deeper than just, how are you doing? I'm good. Really? I mean, I know in Jesus you are, but I see some things that aren't good. Let's talk about this. We need those kind of relationships in our lives. We need to be those people and we need to have those people. Yeah. So love you guys. Thank you, Father, for for just everything you're doing, for making all things new, God, for this excitement that we have building inside of us towards the kingdom of heaven, being experienced and seen and known here on earth. And God, I pray that you continue to pour yourself out, Father. God, we ask for this year to be full of just seeing you do things that we've never seen, God, of you moving in ways that maybe we've never seen you move, and we just trust you and we give you our yes beforehand, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.